It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Good morning, I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with the latest on the war in the Middle East. Israeli leaders are vowing to continue their fight to eradicate Hamas despite criticism from international groups. Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu lashed out after the UN said there are no longer any safe places in Gaza. I say to the women's rights organizations, to the human rights organizations, you've heard of the rape of Israeli women, horrible atrocities, sexual mutilation. Where the hell are you? Prime Minister Netanyahu's troops are continuing to press into the southern Gaza city of Han Yunus. Well, Nathan, back here in the U.S., presidents of three prestigious universities, Harvard, MIT, and Penn, were called to Capitol Hill to explain to lawmakers what they're doing about an outbreak of anti-Semitism on their campuses. Bloomberg's Amy Morris has more from Washington. The university presidents told lawmakers they won't tolerate anti-Semitism on their campuses as they cope with protests over the Israel-Hamas war. During heated questioning by New York Republican Elise Stefanik, Harvard University professor Dr. Claudine Gay cited free expression and says the school consistently enforces its rules of conduct. Even of views that are objectionable, offensive, hateful, it's when that speech crosses into conduct that violates our policies against bullying, harassment, Does that speech and not cross that barrier? Does that speech not call for the genocide of Jews and the elimination of Israel? We embrace a commitment to free expression. Alumni and donors citing incidents of anti-Semitism say colleges just aren't doing enough to create a safe learning environment for Jewish students. In Washington, Amy Morris, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Amy, thank you. In other news this morning, Vladimir Putin has arrived in the United Arab Emirates at the start of a trip that will also include a visit to Saudi Arabia. It is a rare overseas trip since the invasion of Ukraine. The Russian president is seeking to bolster partnerships with key oil producers. Bloomberg's Rosalind Matheson says the visit reveals a lot about the way Putin sees his position. He's really not left Russia very much since he invaded Ukraine almost two years ago. Uh, He's been to China, he's been to some of the periphery states, but he's not really ventured any further than that. So simply the fact that he now feels confident enough to travel to the UAE, to travel to Saudi Arabia, to meet with some very, very high-level officials in both countries, shows perhaps a reflection of how he's feeling at the moment about his hold on power at home, about where his war in Ukraine is at, and really that he's not feeling isolated on the global stage. Bloomberg's Roz Matheson says Putin's previously limited trips mainly to close allies since he ordered troops into Ukraine. 
Well, let's turn to U.S. politics now, Nathan, and a revealing comment from President Biden. The president says he might have decided not to run for re-election if former President Donald Trump were not in the race. At a fundraiser in Massachusetts, the president said, quote, we can't let him win for the sake of the country. He was asked about the comment afterward. So, but look, he is running, and I just—I have to run. You drop out of Trump no, not now. The president's comments come as polls show many voters are concerned about his age and the prospects of a Biden-Trump rematch. Well, meanwhile, Karen, the president's re-election campaign does expect to raise more than $15 million in events across the country over the next five days. Biden is back in Washington after those three fundraisers in Boston. There was one actually that included singer James Taylor. On Friday, the president plans to travel to Los Angeles for a fundraiser with film directors Steven Spielberg and Rob Reiner. Well, we turn to the markets now, Nathan, as we await the crucial Friday jobs report. Another labor data point is reinforcing optimism of rate cuts. And we get the latest from Bloomberg's John Tucker. John. And Karen, it's just what the Fed wants to see. The JOLTS, or Job Opening Survey, pulling back in October to the lowest level since early 2021. It underscores the gradual cooling in the labor market that policymakers want. The labor market seems to be softening through slowing demand for new workers rather than employers cutting jobs. A separate report shows the easing inflation in the service sector. The 10-year U.S. yields that briefly topped 5% in October broke below 4.2%. They're lower still this morning. It all feeds into the Goldilocks scenario. Still, some investors are wary, recalling the story of Goldilocks had a few bears in it. Friday, we do get the monthly jobs report, and next week is the Fed meeting. John Tucker, Bloomberg Radio. Now, lots to come, John. Thank you. Also today, the CEOs of some of the biggest banks on Wall Street are in Washington to testify before Congress. More on that from Bloomberg financial correspondent Shanali Basak. J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon and Goldman Sachs CEO David Solomon are among big bank CEOs set to face the Senate Banking Committee today in Washington. The committee, led by Senator Sherrod Brown, has held a hearing with the big banks every year since Brown became chairman in 2021, saying that he's there to protect the Main Street economy. And the bankers will face questions on everything from mortgage rates to savings rates after the Federal Reserve has raised interest rates so dramatically. In Washington, D.C., I'm Shanali Basak, Bloomberg Radio. Shanali, thank you. Well, we heard from another bank executive ahead of those hearings. Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan is talking about the economy. His firm still expects a soft landing rather than a recession. The reality is it's going to be a slowdown, but we have it as being positive. The way customers are spending their money is leveled out. In other words, there's not this, you know, good service, this massive change. So some things are growing faster, but it's leveled out, meaning that all the categories are kind of growing plus or minus the average. And so that's all good news that the economy is normalized. Bank of America CEO Brian Moynihan made the comments yesterday at Goldman Sachs U.S. Financial Services Conference. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's Amy Morris. Amy, good morning. Good morning, Karen. And we're learning now Russian President Vladimir Putin has just arrived in Abu Dhabi, a rare foreign trip to bolster oil cooperation with Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. Back here at home, House Speaker Mike Johnson says House Republicans have come to an inflection point in their impeachment inquiry of President Biden. Bloomberg's Nancy Lyons brings us an update. Speaker Johnson says the House has no choice but to take an official vote on an impeachment inquiry next week. The White House has refused to acknowledge the legitimacy of the probe since no vote was taken, which is the usual course. 
They're refusing to turn over key witnesses to allow them to testify as they've been subpoenaed. They're refusing to turn over thousands of documents for the National Archives. The impeachment inquiry is over President Biden's alleged involvement in his son Hunter's overseas business dealings. The investigation so far has produced no direct evidence and the president has denied any wrongdoing. In Washington, Nancy Lyons, Bloomberg Radio. Now, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer says yesterday's classified Senate hearing that was supposed to be about Ukraine was, quote, hijacked by Republicans trying to force a conversation about the U.S. border. Schumer offered Republicans a chance to offer an amendment to the package, but that would require 60 votes to pass. Any amendment they want, if they can get 60 votes, they can solve the border problem. It's plain and simple. Senator Schumer has set up a procedural vote on a supplemental spending bill that does not include border provisions. That'll be set for later today. Meanwhile, Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky canceled his address to the U.S. Senate yesterday as those negotiations bogged down. Former President Donald Trump is reportedly likely to attend his New York civil fraud trial tomorrow. His attendance would come just days before he's expected to take the stand again next week. Trump is set to be the defense's last witness in that case on Monday. He last testified on November 6th. New York Attorney General Letitia James accuses Trump and others of inflating the value of assets in order to obtain more favorable loans. Members of Hollywood's Actors Union have voted to ratify the deal with studios ending their strike after nearly four months. The 78 percent approval from the members of the Screen Actors Guild, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, was no certainty. Some prominent members had voiced dissent on that deal. A rejection of the agreement would have meant a return to the bargaining table and the possibility of workers going back on strike. Global News, 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Amy Morris, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Amy, thanks. So we do bring you news throughout the day right here on Bloomberg Radio. But as Amy said, you can now get the latest news on demand, and that means whenever you want it. Subscribe to Bloomberg News Now to get the latest headlines at the click of a button. Get informed on your schedule. You can listen and subscribe to Bloomberg News Now on the Bloomberg Business app, Bloomberg.com, plus Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Now for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. John. Karen Milwaukee and the Lakers will join Indiana and New Orleans for the semifinals of the NBA's in-season tournament tomorrow night in Las Vegas. The Bucks scored 34 or more points in all four quarters. They shot 60% from the field and made 60% of their three-pointers. They beat the Knicks in Milwaukee 146-122. to Giannis Antetokounmpo scored 35 points. Damian Lillard added 28. Julius Randle scored 41 for the Knicks, who gave up the most points they've given up in a game since 1979. Closer game in L.A. Lakers topped Phoenix 106-103. to The Stars were out. LeBron James 31 points. And Kevin Durant 31 in the loss. He missed the three at the buzzer that would have tied the game. So it'll be the Pacers against the Bucks. The Lakers against the Pelicans, the championship game on Saturday. College Hoops in New York's fifth-ranked UConn beat ninth-ranked North Carolina 87-76. to Only the eighth trade ever between the Yankees and Red Sox. The Yanks get outfielder Alex Verdugo from Boston. The Red Sox get three pitchers, most of whom spent last season in the minor leagues. Yankees also looking to acquire Juan Soto at the winter meetings underway in Nashville. The bigger story, who's going to get Shohei Otani? The favorite right now, the Dodgers. Their manager, Dave Roberts, met with Otani for a couple of hours at Dodger Stadium. Roberts said, Otani is our top priority. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. 
Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager on a busy morning overseas and in domestic politics, including in Israel, where they are pressing on with the fight against Hamas in southern Gaza, despite international pressure to end the war. Russian President Vladimir Putin is on a rare trip outside his country, just landing in the United Arab Emirates today. And U.S. President Joe Biden is raising new questions with his latest comments on why he's running for re-election. Lots to get to this morning with Bloomberg News senior editor Bill Ferries, who joins me now. Uh, Bill, so the fighting goes on in Gaza, and from the looks and sounds of it, it's about as intense as it's ever been. Absolutely. There's a lot of reports that uh, the, the, the death toll in southern Gaza has picked up. Uh, Israel is uh, sending forces all around the uh, second biggest city in Gaza there in the south. And, uh, and Prime Minister Netanyahu today said, we will fight until the end, uh, calling for a, quote, crushing victory. At the same time, uh, Israeli officials have said that they are willing to uh, consider another pause if or ceasefire, if that uh, really allows more hostages to be released. Um, but, you know, from the beginning, I think since October 7th, when Hamas went into Israel, uh, the Israeli government has said one of their ultimate goals here is to destroy the Hamas leadership. And, uh, and I think they're going to proceed in that direction, uh, whether or not they get more hostages out. Is there a risk that Israel could lose international support if the bombardments uh, maintain this level of intensity? Yeah, absolutely. I think you've already seen them on the defensive uh, internationally uh, trying to really focus on their efforts to minimize civilian casualties. Uh, But you have people like uh, even the United Nations agencies that are operating there saying at this point there's really no safe place for uh, for Palestinians in the Gaza Strip to evacuate to. Uh, you know, it seems that all places are effectively targets uh, at this point. So I think there is there's certainly a public relations battle that goes along with the uh, the battle in Gaza. And uh, I think that's one that Israel, the public relations battle is one that Israel is really struggling with. And while we watch the movement in the Gaza Strip, Bill, we're also monitoring movements by Russian President Vladimir Putin. We got the headline just uh, moments ago that uh, he has arrived in the United Arab Emirates. This is a pretty rare trip abroad for the Russian president. It is. There's a lot going on here, I think. Uh, on the one hand, you know, you go to uh, you go to the UAE and you go to Saudi Arabia, where he's expected, I think, later in the day. You go there for one reason, and that's to talk about oil and energy. Uh, uh, Russia has been supportive of the OPEC plus uh, arrangement to cut production further beginning in January. Russia and Saudi Arabia are really the backbone of that uh, OPEC plus agreement, though Russia has not really been cutting back uh, much on production. It needs those oil sales to fund its war in Ukraine. 
Uh, but I think there's also just a very symbolic gesture in, in Putin traveling, making this trip, uh, just sort of showing that he can travel. There's not many places where he can go at this point where he wouldn't be at risk of getting arrested um, for the for the Ukraine war. He skipped a BRICS summit in South Africa earlier this year because of concerns he might be detained. Uh, but he is, you know, he's able to travel relatively freely. There is a lot of Russian investment uh, in this in the Gulf states. Uh, a lot of Russian companies that have fled Western sanctions relocated there. A lot of Russians relocated there. Um, and so I think there's a whole bunch of issues on his agenda from uh, from oil uh, to uh, to investment. Uh, and then, frankly, just the symbolic uh, importance of being seen traveling abroad. President Biden is traveling as well, raising a lot of money for his reelection campaign and making some pretty interesting comments on why he's running. He's saying that he might not even be running if not for former President Trump. It's kind of raising concerns, isn't it? Yeah, you have a lot of people who uh, a lot of Democrats who, would, uh, you know, who say they're really concerned about the president's age. They'd like to see a different candidate in the race. Frankly, you have a lot of Republicans who say that about uh, Donald Trump at uh, age 77 as well. Uh, it says a lot about the race. I, I think Joe Biden, uh, in some ways, is saying what uh, perhaps Democratic strategists and leaders have been saying, which is, uh, you know, he's he's the only guy who beat Trump uh, in 2020 and uh, and feels perhaps like he's the one to do it again. Um, I think, uh, it, you know, he, he seemed to walk back that comment a little bit uh, when he returned to the White House last night, saying that, uh, if, you know, he would expect that he, maybe he would still be the candidate even if Trump wasn't running. But I think he said uh, he said out loud the quiet part that a lot of Democratic operatives have been saying uh, for a while. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 991 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.